0: So, um, Chicago Public Schools, what's happening? I heard, you know, teachers will be fired if they don't return and all that good stuff so so what is the plan let's take
1: let's take a step back and start with what's most important we we are planning um our first attempt at in-person instruction since the pandemic um everyone is well aware of um the toll that the pandemic has taken on us in so many ways and how it's changed lives but one of the most impactful ways is uh students have been deprived of in-person instruction in the classroom with their teachers and their peers for all the right reasons However, we are at a point now where we have to start a process, and we are going to phase this process in and do it in a very deliberate and safe manner but we want students to start coming back to school. So what we have planned for is um, starting this week we invited teachers to come back to work in order to get their classroom set up, to get reacclimated to, to working um, in the school and obviously to get uh, uh, trained on the protocols for, you know, educating kids in an environment such as this. Starting Monday, students in our pre-K and in our special education cluster programs will be arriving back. Right now we have about 77,000 students and families that have indicated that they intend to return over the next couple of weeks. And so this is just our first attempt. Like a lot of things in CPS, there's always, you know, controversy and things surrounding that. But what I really want listeners to know is that we have made an investment of over $100 million to support a safe return to instruction we're not throwing people back into the same environment they were in before we will have fewer students in the classrooms we can do this and the only other thing i will point out Ernest, is it's been done our catholic schools have been going to school since august people have been going to school throughout the country the time is now for cps to return to the classroom
0: yeah so let me let me get some of the details you said Mm -hmm. monday it's pre-k
1: and who Uh, students in our cluster education program so those are special education students typically students with the highest needs Um, these are students who may have both cognitive and physical impairments Um, students um, that may have down syndrome students who may be in wheelchairs students who may need assistance with feeding etc like that
0: yep and you said you expected about well about 77,000 uh, yeah. students have verified that they are expected to return. But how yep. many students are there
1: total? Uh, Well, we have 355,000 in CPS. Of course, some of those are charter students. So in high school students, which we don't have an option for. So that is roughly um, about a third of the K through eight students that have indicated that they intend to return back. And what's important to know is 77,000 is not a small number. The second largest school district in Illinois only has 30,000 students. So we're talking about two Second largest school districts in Illinois coming back to school this what, month.
0: What was the objective?
1: The, the objective is to educate students. Um, I um, think in terms that, of
0: the rollout, in terms of how oh, many students yeah. do you expect to return?
1: Oh, no, the, there is no objective. The objective is to provide every parent with an option. To date, and you think about this in, in a variety of ways, to date, if you are a parent like myself who believe that in-person learning is a more conducive learning environment for your child, you haven't had a choice. What this plan calls for, the parents who are afraid to have their kids in a school environment now, they absolutely. We have that right their children can remain in a remote learning environment um, throughout the rest of the school year we've committed to that but there are families who are working essential workers who go to work every day they can't be at home with their children pre-K kids and students in cluster programs they require an adult with them throughout the day to watch over them and to help them access remote learning so we are double taxing a lot of our parents by asking them to stay home they can't go to work and Educate kids when we should be doing that in our schools. It's what we get paid to do.
0: What's your expectation in terms of um, 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 returning back to the classroom 100% without the option of remote learning?
1: I think, well, I think that that's something that we won't get to until we have, um, a, a vaccine available to everybody. Um, if, if people have been following the vaccination rollout, um, you know, and I'm not going to get into all of that. The, the government is working through that. But what we know is that teachers are slated to be in 1B, which is the next phase that's coming up. And the governor just made an announcement about that yesterday, which we were really excited about. So we anticipate making an announcement um, pretty soon about when teachers would start to get um, vaccinated. Now, of course, that's going to be a process. It won't be a situation where the vaccine is available and now everybody is automatically vaccinated. Um, We have to roll it out. There will be people who refuse vaccines, all of that. But I would say um, if the government is able to successfully implement their vaccination program, teachers should be vaccinated and school staff by the end of um, this school year in June. And I'm, you know, hopeful that by the time we get to fall of next year, we can have everybody return back to the building safely. Um, But in the meantime, what we do know is that you can hold schools. There is countless research, which, people are choosing to ignore in some cases that shows that schools are not super spreaders like we thought they would be, um, that uh, actually children who are having in-person instruction are actually less likely to contract COVID than kids who are um, staying at home. And we think that's largely due to the fact that when kids go to school, we can teach them the proper protocols. We can teach them about wearing a mask and get them accustomed to that, teach them the social distancing protocols, and in turn, they're taking that back into their home and to the community and hopefully influencing others around them
0: what does have, these questions are related what does the data uh-huh. tell you with respect to the um, efficacy or the success of remote learning
1: as in well, relation oops. in
0: relation to in school or in-person learning
1: yeah that's a that's an excellent question um, Remote learning is not a substitute for in-person instruction. Now don't get me wrong, we did what we had to do and I applaud our teachers. You know, if you had told me before this pandemic, I would say it would take us two years to figure out remote learning. Our teachers rose to the occasion as they always do and I anticipate them doing the same with the new model of teaching they're going to have to do with this return to in-person instruction. But I'll give you some quick examples. We saw two, we saw over 30,000 fewer pre-k students this year than we have in the past when i talk to families they're telling me you know what dr jackson we're just going to sit this out we can't afford to have kids sit in a year out of school and when we drill down in the data you you asked me about remote learning versus in person no comparison but what i think a lot of your listeners probably don't know is we have thousands of kids who aren't even logging on Nobody's talking about them. And everybody who knows the power of education knows that there is a connection between education and job opportunities, a connection between education and uh, violence, a connection, incarceration, and all that. So nobody's talking about that. And what I said earlier this week is these, these two issues around COVID are life and death and they are serious. I understand that. But I have been engaged in a life and death fight since I've been in education, and that is making sure kids, in particular, black kids on the South and the west side of chicago have an alternative right now Ernest, a lot of them don't have an alternative
0: i understand that how do we uh balance this hybrid model though i mean we the hybrid uh, yeah. this
1: is what i would say the hybrid model is going to be difficult that you can't sugarcoat that i was a teacher i know it's the hardest job anybody has a cps and mm-hmm. This is going to be complicated. What I am hoping for is, you know, with our union partners, that we can move past the debate over should we be in school or shouldn't we be in school. The president-elect has said that's one of his first priorities, getting kids back in school in the first 100 days safely, which we intend to do. We need to be having discussions about, how we do this. I want to be held accountable. I want to be pressed on is our plan working? What's working well? What's not working well? That's the conversation we have to have, but we cannot have the alternative be some kids sit at home and don't get an education. It's been 15 weeks in this school year, and we are losing thousands of kids who either didn't show up in September or showed up and have given up this year, and like I said, most of those kids are black students. I didn't say black and brown. Most of them are black students on the south and west side of
0: Chicago yeah I'm an advocate for the students I'm also though an advocate for teachers my wife is a fourth grade teacher right yeah yeah right so how I, I mean I'm seeing what my wife has to do in terms of a remote learning so it's I can't, hard. I cannot imagine her having to go back into the classroom, teach potentially a third of the children who would otherwise be in the classroom, mm-hmm. and at the same time give attention to those who are learning remotely. So, land, that's, well, that's what would, I'm trying to figure out.
1: Well, what you, the way that that would look is like this: Number one, you're in the classroom, delivering the lesson through the computers to all the students. The students, obviously, in the classroom, have the virtue of the teacher there. You may also have noticed from your wife's schedule that they have something called asynchronous time this is about three hours out of the day where the kids are at home working independently on projects etc or assignments that have been given to the teacher the difference now is that the kids who are in person will be sitting in the classroom with teachers like your wife who they will have access to to go over the materials they will have the ability to talk and converse with their um, peers we all know you learn a lot from teachers in schools but you also learn a lot from your peers so that added benefit is there simultaneous teaching is what it's called. It's a new model of teaching. Everyone that has opened throughout the country and throughout the world is implementing this. CPS teachers will be able to do it. I'm not undercutting how um, difficult it will be, but the answer or the response I have to that is our kids deserve it. White kids are getting it kids outside of CPS are getting it why shouldn't the kids the kids in Catholic schools in Chicago are getting it why shouldn't the kids that we serve majority black and brown kids in Chicago get the same opportunity if they want it that's the question
0: all right anything you'd like to leave us with
1: no I think this was a really good discussion and, and you really raised some good questions so thank you for giving me so much time to unpack um, these complicated issues
0: all right have a beautiful day Dr. Janice Jackson CEO yes. of CPS